Welcome back to Rocks Fall, Everyone Dies. I'm Scott, I'm here with Jin, and this episode is a little bit different than what you've gotten used to, because we are not playing a session this one. Uh, this is going to be the first of our Wine and Spirits Editions episodes. Uh, these are going to be talky-talky episodes. Uh, so basically, in these sorts of episodes, two cast members are going to sit down, we're going to either get to know each other or catch up if we already know each other. Right now, I'm here with uh, Jin, who we do already know each other, so we're here to catch up. Hi. We should, I should actually also say that we're doing this for four reasons. Reason one, it's an opportunity for you, the listener, to get to know us as people better. Uh, two, we are teachers and students. We only have school breaks to record all of our content, so there just aren't enough days to make an entire school year's worth of episodes in, like, one summertime. So... Yeah. Three, it is an opportunity for us, the cast, to talk about our own reactions to the horrible things that I have put them through. Uh, and most importantly, number four, we want to. So, Jin, how's it going? I'm functioning within normal parameters, mostly. <sighs> <laughs> I'm not really sure how to respond to that because, uh, you know what? Sure. Functioning within normal parameters, that works. So what do we want to talk about first? I have, I've prepared some topics, a milieu, as you were. Oh, no. Well, I mean, we could talk about how we know each other. We could talk about the recording and editing process, which we have been doing a lot of. Uh, we could, you could tell us more about yourself. Ew. Okay, that's your reaction. Sure. <laughs> Um, or we could talk about the horrible things that I have done to your character. Oh, God. Um, I feel like it's kind of the, we should probably talk about, turn your camera on. I can't, I can't just talk to little. Oh, I, I can't, I can't just talk to little me, Scott. Uh. <laughs> um, um, I think it would be uh, a priority to talk about how we know each other. All right, sure. You go for it. I talk too much as it is. Um, Scott used to be my high school biology teacher. <laughs> <laughs> when I was his first year teaching was my junior year of high school, and uh, I ended up cleaning his classroom during my lunch periods. It was entirely voluntary. It was entirely voluntary. It was, uh, you know, just, his classroom was an absolute disaster, and I took it upon myself to fix it because I knew it wouldn't get fixed if it, if I had led him to his own devices. It listen. It, it was a functional mess. I knew where everything was, um, uh, except it, for the time that I was moving. I I was trying to figure out where all these yeast jars went, and I was like, "Hey, Scott, where should I put these?" And you went. Oh, my yeast <laughs> jars. You were like whining and I'm sitting there, standing there in the back of the room with two jars of yeast going, that doesn't answer my question. Where do you want these to go? I mean, I was going to say that I knew where everything was pretty much all the time, except for that one time that we lost the class pet snake. So that is, I wish I had been there for that. Yeah. Billy, we miss you. So, uh, yeah, Billy, Billy Mays, uh, our corn snake that uh, was found behind a garbage can and we, re and we adopted um, for the class. And uh, yeah, at some point, Billy just sort of disappeared. 
and nobody knows where he went. Nobody. Well, I think it was a she. I'm pretty sure. No, wait. We never figured it out. I, I was not going to go and probe the snake. So you could have taken the snake to a vet. I could have taken the snake to a vet, or I could have just accepted the fact that Billy was not particularly friendly. B Billy was super chill, though. Billy's replacement, Severus, though, was very angry, very bitter, very raging. Severus Snake was great. Yes. I loved him. Uh, he scared the crap out of me because when I fed him, he looked like he was trying to go for me. Well, Severus was just, Se Severus had anger issues. Severus frightened most people, and it was very funny to go, hey, you want to look at the snake and have most people go, ew, it's a snake. So, uh, yeah, that was, that's why every time somebody figures out that the two of us are doing this together, uh, we, uh, at least on my end, I get a lot of weird looks because people that I went to high school with will go, you're still talking to him? And it's like, yeah, why are you still talking to your teacher from high school? Because I grew up at my high school and I talked to all of my teachers at my high school because they're all family friends at this point. Yeah. I mean, here's here's a little known fact about your teachers, kids. Uh, sometimes if uh, you, your teacher is cool and you are cool, then uh, the teacher will keep in touch with you when you leave school to go to college and uh, or you will keep in touch with one another. I did that with my biology teacher. Uh, and then eventually we get we went out, we got out of touch. But yeah, it's a thing. Wait, 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 wait. This is a third generation thing. Yes. Oh no, dude. Does that mean that I have to become a biology teacher now? No, I don't think a communications major is going to like quite quite one to one correspond to a biology teaching thing. Uh, so you don't know. I, you, you know you what? Don't know. I don't know. And you know what? It considering the the and the high uh, uh, demand. Yeah, considering the high demand for teachers, uh, I would not be surprised if you could parlay a communications major into a biology teacher position. Um, Listen, I I I I honestly thought of getting my because uh, once once I graduate, I can get my my teaching certification in a whole mess of things since I'm a communications major. Um, and I thought about doing it just to say that I had done it. Not worth doing it just to say that you'd done it, because if you're going to do it, then you got to go the whole way. Well, the original thought was that I would go back to my high school and, uh, our, our high school. Well, I mean, I'm not there anymore. I've left. That I would go back home and, uh, become the, uh, temporarily become the, uh, the media specialist at our, at our old high school just because I needed something to do for a while between jobs and I don't want to work at a, at a, at a college bookstore anymore. And, uh, although I will say you have recorded some spectacular audio out, out of the, the stock room. For some context in one of Scott's other sessions, he plays a Kenku that needed a voice and asked me to record other people so he could create a voice, a, a, a soundboard, which I dragged people from the sales floor of my of the bookstore and said, hey, uh, boss, can I use the storage room? And he was like, I guess so. And so I spent three work days getting paid to record people cursing into a microphone in the back room. Best job. <laughs>
Especially when my manager walked in on me trying on me repeatedly cursing using an uwu voice. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The, I think our fans, I think our our listeners need to hear the uwu voice. Oh god. You brought it up. Uh, Scott, you're gonna have to bleep this since you're the one who edits the. Uh... No, 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 no. You could say something uncursing. No, see, because it doesn't. You need to. All right, fine. You, I'll need to, you need the whole energy of what my boss walked into. All right, fine. So 440 hertz and loud redu and loudness reduced. Got it. Check. I'm even moving my microphone upwards. I swear to God, if you don't pay me, I'm gonna break your Nico Nico kneecaps. And I turned around. And my boss was there and I was like, oh, hi, <laughs> how are you? Like intentionally dropping my voice just a little bit lower. And he was like, you can do that with your voice. I'm like, yeah, I piss a lot of people off by going into Discord and being like, <laughs> and then just immediately leaving. Sorry, sorry for the peaking right there, everyone. I, yeah. I'll try and I'll try and make it an even it's, it gets loud. Uh, soothing experience for all of you. I, I need to get a compressor for my microphone. Anyway, we could talk about the audio editing process a little bit more if you want. Like, that's actually a good segue into one of the things that I that, that was on my list. Oh, God. Okay. So let's talk about how we edit the podcast. Um, and yes, our podcast is edited. No, we are not that quick in person. And I have a terrible habit of saying, all right, so... Um, over and over and over and over and over again. Uh, so yeah, uh, for the most part, Jin edits the story episodes and I am doing these wine and spirits episode and also helping with the editing of the, the story episodes. Yeah, I, uh, uh, I have had a family emergency recently and I'm not able to, I was not at my, uh, my rig where I could edit because I edit on Adobe Audition, which I like very much. Yeah, I yeah. use Audacity. Yeah, I like Adobe Audition very much. I wish there was a, if anybody knows a cheaper alternative, I, I use my mother's so I don't pay for it. But if anybody knows a cheaper alternative that is just as in-depth, put it in the comments because eventually I'm going to need to, Stop using my mom's stuff. So you gotta cut the umbilical cord eventually. But here's the thing: I use Audacity, and uh, it's it's fine. It's fine. It's free. So yeah, it's no. Fine. See, but I have used Audacity. I used Audacity for uh, recording. Um, what's it called for recording for you? Yeah. For yeah. for uh, the Kenku, and uh, that character's name, by the way, is like the sound of knocking on a table. Uh, yeah, I I, I, tr I used Audacity for a while. I like it for simplistic projects, but for when it comes to editing four or five people at the same time and, like, mixing four or five people, like, multi-track, uh, I feel a lot more comfort comfortable. Wow, I can't speak English. Comfortable. Comfortable <laughs> with... <laughs> Uh, Adobe Audition, because it reminds me of Sony Vegas, which I used to use as a kid for video projects because my dad had a bootlegged version. Nice. Down, down, down with corporations if you can use a bootlegged version. Fight the power. Fight, fight the man. So, yeah, no, under normal circumstances, Jin edits the story episodes, and I edit the wine and spirits and also help with the story episodes when there's, like, 
a massively complicated like series of things to do and uh, and and oh god <laughs> i'm just panicking like the episodes that i need to sort this weekend at like two episodes from this one airing yeah i i have for the past that session uh screwed up my entire organization system that turned into a brand new organization system immediately afterwards. Yeah, and and yeah, and we're gonna need yet more new organization systems. Did you see me catch her? No, like I specifically a- didn't see you catch her. I specifically saw her fall and hit the ground. Your hand was there, but no catching occurred. Yes, did I caught her before she hit the ground? She's a cat. I she- think of her as a human toddler. First off, she's a cat. She has more ha- she has more coordination than you or I will ever have. She has no coordination whatsoever. Exactly. <laughs> Did you not realize that was my point? For audience reference, this is I'm speaking about my co-editor, uh, the four month old, or at this point almost. Oh my goodness, you're five months old now. Sorry, uh, the five-month-old Annabelle, who is attacking my blinds. You can find out more about Annabelle on our website and our About the Cast page. Where she has taken a selfie and described herself under my name. Now we reach the point in our Wine and Spirits episodes where my players can complain about their DM to their DM. <laughs> like I've ever stopped complaining about you to you. Uh, so, Jin, how mad at me are you? Well, see... Keep in mind, when this is airing, you have just become... Yeah, no, I know. I, see, I, uh... I have a feeling because this was our brainchild together. I didn't come up with the storyline, but you came up with the name and you were very excited. And I immediately knew that something was going to go wrong. Um, The original idea made me feel like we were going, like the whole series was going to be us stuck in one dungeon because you made that reference at one point and then immediately retconned it. And I was like, Hmm. So I had a while before we started recording to try to figure out what this like big bad thing that you were going to do was. I was still surprised. <laughs> I didn't expect you to kill us in this fast. I didn't expect TPK episode four. I thought you were going to be far more benevolent than that. To be fair, originally... All three of those episodes were supposed to be just one session. Yeah, I know. I was really pushing to get you guys to meet each other, go to the thing, kill the thing, die. Yeah, but we're all idiots. That's That was your issue. Is that, And that's something that you had to come to terms with over our recording sessions. Is that you have this wonderful, wonderful, wonderful plot. This in-depth storyline, this chef's kiss kind of detail. And you chose idiots to play your characters. Uh, we are goofballs. I am glad that I surprised you. Um, that 
that was actually worrisome to me. Like, because I was sitting on that reveal for over a month. Um, like, but while I was setting up this thing, while I was setting up the first recording, while I was doing, I was, but I was really worried that um, it one of us was going to catch on. That one of you was going to catch on, and none of you did. Um, like that. See, the thing was, okay, I know that Lena has played with you before. I have heard the shenanigans that happen in those games because yeah. you called me afterwards. Um, or at least you were at the time. Um, I had warned Tommy when I invited him because Tommy is a good friend of mine. We went to, you know, we were we went to high school together. We were thespians together. We technically are thespians till we die. Um, true story. We, uh, but when I was warning him, I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to give you a little picture of what you're getting into when it comes to him as a DM. He's a little bit of a sadist. Like he wa likes watching people in pain. So we have to emotionally prepare for something bad to happen. And so we all were prepared for something very similar to the other campaign that you were doing, where you like were depriving your characters of water. So when we created our spell slots, we prepared for that situation specifically. And then realized we completely screwed everything up because of that. <laughs> so we, we were weary in the wrong direction. It's like when you're waiting for someone to come at you from behind and they come at you from the front. And it was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so how do you feel about being undead um as a player who is obsessed with halloween i think it's wicked which by the way we definitely a hundred percent timed it so that the so that that episode would drop on halloween, on halloween. It was a as you may have noticed i think it's funny though is that it was a suggestion that was given to us at the very beginning and all of us like sat there and went nah and then as things as things progressed we all went actually that was a really good idea <laughs> maybe we should have done that yeah the original plan was to release when the school year started um and that 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 fell by the wayside yeah no um as as, as a player i think it's really cool um i'm pretty new to playing DD as it is tommy is the only dm that well okay i had a, another dm as well but i haven't really played that often i've played i had a short campaign in at my first two years of of college which didn't really go anywhere which i really wish it had and uh then tommy does his one shots every once in a while which i'm about to miss one which makes me sad mm. and uh and then this, and this is my first time playing a druid. Basically, this is me getting my acting chops back on after so long of not acting. And it's it really is like stretching my legs again after sitting in a plane. Mm. As a character, there is going to be a lot of really heart-wrenching revelations made. Um... And it's probably going to last the rest of her undead life of little things that she didn't realize she can't do anymore. Yeah. I mean, in, in reality, your character is actually the only one who is just like a straight up zombie. Yeah. Technically speaking, you're a ghoul, but you're a zombie. Like yeah. everybody else is some kind of like 
Greg, Greg's a vampire. Everybody, everybody else is cool. And then I'm just a mushroom. Yeah. Oh, by the way, we that mushroom thing. Uh, when I killed Bambi, uh, we retooled Bambi as a circle of the spores druid. Which Bambi was circle of the moon. And I was so excited to use that. And then four episodes in, I get to use it once. And then wasn't it like two weeks ago that I was like, oh, I, I miss being Circle of the Moon. And you were like, oh, but you only used it once. I only had the chance to use it once. <laughs> yeah, but here's the thing. Circle of the Spores is actually pretty cool at like oh, higher levels. I, really, level. I actually do. really do like it. I And especially since we're recording this, you know, not, not immediately after what has happened. We have had a lot of experiences along the way. And I really like the way the Circle of Spores has panned out. Yeah. At least so far. Yeah, you you you're like this weird cordyceps clicker thing. <laughs> yes. But it's just it's it, it is a little bit uh heartbreaking that uh everybody else is really cool and I'm just mushroom. I also my mother hates mushrooms, like like she loathes them, like any type of mushroom. So when I called my mother talking about the podcast and I was like, Yeah, mom, I'm a mushroom, her response was disgusting. Yes. I'm like, I, no, mushrooms can be cute. I don't like the way they taste either, but like, they're cute. Yeah. She's like, no, they're not. They're mushrooms. I'm like, okay. Oh, I found a very interesting uh, 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 fungus growing in, uh, in in my yard uh, that I should send you a picture of. It is very pretty. Oh, um, really? You know what? Let's let's attach it. I, I'm gonna attach that picture to the uh, to to the. It's gonna be on the website. That's gonna be the little like uh, when you click on the website when you go to the embedded thing for the blog post type thing, Majiggy. There's like a picture next to it. Lately, I've been putting in like weird stuff in there. Like for the episode two, I put Edvard Munch's "The Scream" because oh. yeah. Uh, episode three, I put a left turn sign because um, left always left. Always left. Always left. So should we should we talk about the mechanics of your hunger? Because every character has a hunger. Like uh, Greg is a vampire, the worst vampire, um, and will be hungry for blood. Uh, <laughs> Tommy is the blob. Uh, so uh, that yeah, uh, and and Sanjana is some manner of uh, of. So you know. Uh, uh, yes, since I since 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 I don't know, you can't go into detail. You know what? Let's not even go into details. Everybody has to kill a humanoid every month. Horrible things would happen to your characters if you did not kill a person. I can't imagine what would happen to Sanjana. I don't even very, know very much about Sanjana, but I know I know vaguely a little bit about Sanjana. I can't imagine what would happen if she stopped killing on her. What we do know about Sanjana is that her soul is not her soul anymore. It does not belong to her. It belongs to a mutual friend. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's, it's, a, it's sort of like a, a, a timeshare. Uh, <laughs> Sanjana's soul is a timeshare. Let's, let's put it that way. I, on, 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 on Lena's behalf, I'm a little bit offended by, <laughs> by that description. Yeah, Sanjana's soul is a timeshare. There we go. That's that's the perfect way of putting it. Um, and who knows? Maybe none of that will stay in this wine and spirits. I'll make a decision at the time, an executive decision. Executive decisions. Yeah. So now that your character has risen from the grave, 
and is essentially a mushroom. Uh, what kind of flaws and quirks will your character have now going forward that you didn't have when uh, Bambi was alive? Well, she's learning again. So there's a lot more, and I have I have seen this happen. I didn't plan for this to happen. Um, there's a lot more little childlike bits coming out in her that didn't come out when she was alive because everything is so new. Um, and also she's in a place where she actually has a little bit of a family that she hasn't had for a very long time. Well, um, unless you count Jametta, who is, unless you know what, Jametta's, Jametta's a girlfriend. Jametta's a girlfriend who's trying to set you up with her brother. A moment of silence for the pain. <laughs> um... But yeah, no, like like she she hasn't had a constant a constant group of fellows that she could consider her peers. I mean, she lived in a tree for a long time. She has a bedroom now. Doesn't mean she can use the bed, but she has a bedroom now. She doesn't sleep in a tree. It's really more of a dank, moldy cell. Once she has the opportunity, she's going to try to fix that <laughs> as much yeah. as she can while destroying things at night yeah uh so there's a lot more of her childlike self coming out when she's learning basically how to do all the things that adults already know how to do like oh okay i'm an adult i know how to eat consciously i know food goes on fork fork goes in mouth chew 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 swallow that's not how she operates anymore. And she needs to learn very, very basic, uh, very, very basic functions all over again. And there's also a, a lot of heartbreak going on where it's something that she remembers that she was able to do. She was able to do this very well. She enjoyed doing this. She enjoyed doing that. She can't do that anymore. And the others are going to have to watch her put things in her mouth and realize that she cannot swallow or taste them. Um, you could swallow it. It would just sit there. It would just... And rot. Yeah. I know. <laughs> Anyhow. <laughs> Anyhow. Um, but yeah, she there's, there's a lot... She's got a, a steeper learning curve. And as a sage, she's never minded having a learning curve. But... You know, she's she is learning all of this over again. She's learning how to operate in a group after not having to operate with more than one or two people um, over the course of a longer period of time. Uh, learning how to coexist. Um, there's probably a lot of behind the scenes bits where she gets overwhelmed and just kind of, you know what, I'm going to take a book and I'm going to buy for two days. Um, yeah, except basically now everything you touch turns to dust, so there's that. Let me live by dreams. <laughs> I can dream, can't I? Especially Bambi. Bambi can dream, and I know that for a fact. Bambi can dream. Bambi can, uh, yeah. Um, which, which your dream, your dream is going to go through some changes, as we, as we already know, and as their audience will find out. It's so wicked cool, but it's so heartbreaking at the same time. Like, I'm, I'm constantly caught between, like, oh my god, this is so rad, and oh my god, this poor baby, poor innocent little child 
she already didn't have a childhood, and now she doesn't technically have an, an adulthood. She only has a deathhood, which sounds really badass. It does sound But it's not cool. what she asked for. <laughs> Oh, hey, this is your friendly neighborhood surly turtle, Greg. And your social media manager, DeSombro. Just cutting in for a quick shameless self-promotion to tell you to like, share, and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. To take part in polls or ask questions that you'd like us to answer in future Wine and Spirits episodes, or just to enjoy some spicy memes. To find all our handles in one convenient place, you can visit us on our website at rfedpod.com. If you like our show, sharing the show with your friends or leaving a five-star review on your podcatcher of choice will really help us grow and reach more people. And if you have a project or a business you'd like to promote on the show, reach out to us at rfedpod at gmail.com. All right, uh, that's all my questions. Do you want to ask questions? Um, how does it feel? You, I was your student directly. I sat in my little punishment chair in the front of the room. It was uh, not a punishment chair. It wasn't. It <laughs> I can't believe you thought I fell asleep in class. I was trying to look at the board when the guy who sat in front of me was six feet tall. For reference, I'm like five foot one. So I'm looking, I'm staring at his shoulder blades all the time, unless I'm like leaning really far out. So I was trying to see something. I didn't have my glasses and I fell out of my chair because I was trying to look around him at the board and I got sat in the punishment chair next to the sink. First off, it is not the punishment chair and I do not appreciate you calling it the punishment chair. <laughs> so it is not the punishment chair. It is just a chair that is in the front. It is in the corner of all the other seats. It is just near the sink. It was not the punishment chair. The only what reason- everybody called it was, oh, Jin laughed at his jokes so that's the funny chair everybody was like oh you guys sat in the front because you laugh at his jokes and i was like what 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 am i just a laugh track first off you laugh at my jokes because i'm funny damn it because i get your jokes (laughs) Nobody, nobody else got any of them uh i still think it's hilarious because we had like an anime like we had spirit week and one of the spirit that was the the only time that we ever had anime day was that one year and i came in to class as uh stein from soul eater and, and i was like oh soul eater <laughs> because i thought it would be funny everybody else around me thought it would be really funny that you wouldn't recognize it and i wanted to show off the fact that my screw turned and clicked right um, and i but i think i came up to you and i was just like oh nice and i did the hand motion for stein <laughs> yeah no i was standing at your desk talking to somebody and you went actually with the most unimpressed voice i've ever heard you use you looked down at me and said stein really isn't that a little bit old for you and i was like what <laughs> i don't remember that at all exactly what happened that is your exact words and then after class i was like you watched soul eater and he goes you and you were like you watched soul Eater? didn't that come out like way before your time i was like it's on netflix or at least it was at the time i don't know if it still is i don't know it might be who knows but i hope it is i want to rewatch it podcasts are timeless so it, it it may not be at the time that you listen to this dear listener um 
but yeah, that was I. Uh, but everybody said that you put put everybody joked around that you put me in the front of the room because I laughed at your jokes and you wanted me right there for a reaction every time that you made a joke. I will say this: I did workshop a lot of material with you. <laughs> yeah, you did. Which it was funny to hear to have my mother's a, a history teacher, and it was really funny to hear another teacher do that as well. Which I will let you know is that after you started doing it, so did like three other teachers that I would. They were like, "Hey, by the way, does this work?" And I'm sitting there going, "Ah, uh, I am rehearsal student." <laughs> <laughs> but so you had me as your student. I was in your room. I was listening to your lectures. I eventually became your TA in my senior year. You knew Tommy. I did. Yeah, he was he was in the production of Chicago, and so yeah. were you. But you you were as a background character. Meanwhile, little did you know that I actually look at what background characters are doing, and so I came and talked to you afterwards about. Well, I like your choices you made for this thing, and you all oh, with this. That was a good scene. You saw me. <gasps> well, I wasn't that minor of a background character. I played Mona for the uh, the the, the subblock tango, and Tommy played uh, Billy Flynn. The next year, I was Winifred in Once Upon a Mattress. Which, by the way, you carried that play. Thank you. I, I, yeah. I'm, I'm very flattered by that. There was a lot of drama going on in the background, and I'm very proud of all of the freshmen that stepped up to their roles. There was a tragedy that happened right at the beginning that yeah. turned a lot of people against each other. And instead of unifying for our last production, the seniors split into we half of us want to move on and half of us want everything to stay the same. And it it tore the production apart, which is why Chicago had two floors worth of an audience at one point and uh uh what's it called? Um Once Upon a Mattress had the center of the auditorium. Yeah. That that was that was me in one of those. Uh, yeah. Yep. <sighs> but anyway, so you knew Tommy. You had met Tommy. Both of you remembered each other vaguely, but he still thought of you as a teacher, and you still thought of him as a student. How was it different working with me versus working with Tommy? Was it was it a little bit easier to transition from teacher and student to peers with me or with Tommy or vice versa? Well, I mean, Tommy was never in my class per se. Mm. So it's it's basically just working with someone remotely um, at, at this point that there's there's no transition. Meanwhile, you treating you like an adult, I still don't do sometimes, and I'm really sorry. Yeah. Um yeah, but once you graduated, you were a full-fledged adult. Uh I mean, according to the eyes of uh, according to the eyes of our, our nation, you can vote. Um I fledged adults at the beginning of my senior year that may be true yes. the entire the, I, yeah almost the entire time that i was your ta i was a legal adult yeah but at the same time you're still a high school student so like eh, what rights do you have yeah you're, you're you're still a high school student that doesn't count <laughs> Um, they're, 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 you're still, you're still a baby when you're in high school. Like you're still little children. You're still youngsters. You know, it's when you go to college and you're like, you're still a youngster, but you're not like a baby. I've never understood why, like there's, there's some teachers out there who are like, oh yeah, I can't, I couldn't teach high school because there's too much like adults. Like they are nothing like adults. They are still very much children. 
I think the oldest kids you taught were my great were, were was my year. Everything else was was you you, you started with juniors and went down to freshmen. Yeah. So the juniors were rambunctious with you because they wanted you to quit because <laughs> they knew you were a first year teacher. Everybody else that was that was all freshmen. Freshmen are children. Yeah, they signed up for the class that I was teaching because they thought they would get a different teacher. Then all of a sudden, here I am. <laughs> yeah. And nobody wanted to give him a chance. I felt really bad about that. Oh, um, well. I, I, whatever. I worked there for, for a number of years after that. They didn't get rid of me. I, I left on my own. I can leave anytime <laughs> I want. <laughs> I'm an adult. I can make my own decisions. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I moved away and now I'm not in that state anymore. So how has the culture changed? Cause I know you grew up down here. Yeah. Um, so the culture changed going up to New Jersey. Uh, it, it was for reference. This is a floor, a South Florida versus New Jersey switch. It wasn't so much, uh, the problem with a cultural differences, like geographically, like going from Florida to New Jersey, oh, the people are so different. Oh, the cultures are so different. No, uh, it's really more of the school districts are drastically different. The expectations for teachers are drastically different. And I was teaching a completely different subject. So that was the hard transition. That was the real difficulty. Yeah, see, I have family up in uh, the Indiana, Illinois area. Shout out to our listeners in the Indiana, Illinois area. Stuff, guys. Um, and going up there from growing up in South Florida, whenever I go and visit my family up there, I feel like there is a huge cultural difference. Oh, for sure there is. Absolutely, there's a difference between And it's the- almost and it's almost jarring at times because I'm Hispanic and the other half of my family is not. And I actually, uh, fun fact, I got uh, pinpointed there was like we, we went on a family outing and somebody actually looked at me and said how are you uh, why, why are you all with them why are you with them and I was like I I look just like and I'm pointing at my mother and I'm like I, I look just like her I'm identical except I have brown hair yeah how did you notice that I was the I was the odd man out <laughs> yeah people's race star is impressive sometimes yeah that that's a good spot because you're like a stealth Latino. <laughs> I like that. I'm going to use that. I'm stealth Latino. I'm stealth Latino. And I, I take no credit for that. That's oh, actually uh, used by a character from uh, Madam Secretary. Uh, okay. The, yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the chief of staff character. Um, uh, he's, he does not look Hispanic at all. Okay. Um, but then he starts speaking in Spanish and he's like, and he's got the accent. And he's got the cadence and everybody in the show is like, Hmm. See, it sucks because I don't speak as much Spanish. I used to be fluent in Spanish and I didn't have enough practice over the course of my life and I don't speak as much of it as I do as I should. My accent makes me sound Cuban, of which I am not. I'm Puerto Rican, but I grew up in South Florida. You grew up with the accent of the people that you're around. Precisely. And that's the prevalent Spanish accent. Yeah. And I was I was talking to a friend of mine the other day and I was like, I my frame my frame? Mm, my brain, when something happens, switches to Spanish. But I don't have the vocabulary anymore to verbalize what's going on. Unless I'm cursing. Then then I've got all the vocabulary. That well, I yeah, know. but curse words are the first thing anybody <laughs> learns in any language anyway, of which we will bleep them all. But I don't have uh, 
I, I don't have the vocabulary anymore to be able to to use the Spanish that my brain is trying to tell me to use. So I want to say something to somebody and I have to struggle with what is the English equivalent to a word that I don't know. <laughs> I just end up stuck. Como se dice blank? Yeah, literally. And I, I, when I can't figure it out, I'll actually say como out loud. Mm. And everybody's looking at me uh, waiting for me to say the English word. I, I went into the conversation speaking English. My brain decides to do a Spanish twist. I get stuck because I don't speak this language as much as I should. And then I'm trying to figure out how to how to express this idea in a language that I can't translate from the language. And I just end up freezing and everyone's like, wait, she's they're buffering. Yeah. In the business we call that a brain fart. Yeah. <laughs> My <laughs> Anyway, the character, he uses the line, like speaking to some um, uh, some senator from Arizona who is also Hispanic. He, they, they're sitting down at a bar and he he uses the phrase, they're, they're talking about systemic racism in America. Like, Got listen, it. if you have the opportunity, listener, to watch Madam Secretary, um, if you're old enough to remember the West Wing, it is this generation's West Wing. Okay. It's pretty good. Although, to be fair... Uh, the the main character toward the like the later seasons does become a bit of a Mary Sue. They're not in any particular party, and but they're but they're on all the, the they're on all the sides of the issues that the majority of Americans are on. It's like if you tailor made a political candidate, like that would be this person. So there's there's sort of like a a a, a, a political Mary Sue. Like everybody in the nation could get behind this person because this person represents all of the majority opinion for on every topic like they're strong on defense and they're strong on immigration but they're also pro pro healthcare and nuclear disarmament and like all the issues that americans like by and large as a group say yes this is a thing that we want but for some reason politicians are split 50 50 uh all of the things that americans want this character is for so it's like the perfect person. So it does become a bit of a Mary Sue situation toward the end. But welcome to Rock's Fall, Everyone Dies, Madam Secretary fan cast. <laughs> See, you know what's really funny, though, is that I found out there's, that there are people my age that don't know the term Mary Sue. Oh, my God. Really? Yeah. Oh. Fun fact, listeners. Several people in this podcast, which I will not name, uh, have written or still write fan fiction. I was a part of this culture very early in life because of, uh, of older relatives that I have who are also a part of this culture. So I know a lot of the terms. Uh, it was a, I found it on Twitter that somebody was like old enough to know what a lemon is, too young to have been reading lemons when, I, when they were still being written. Like I know about the citrus scale, but a lot of people my age don't understand what the citrus scale is. Um, do you know what the citrus scale is? You know what? I'm going to say no. I have an really? idea of what it might be. I haven't, is it related to, no, you know what? No. It's no. a rate, it's a rating scale where it's different pieces of fruit that were used to, uh, to, to dictate what was in the, the, the story. Oh, interesting. So, yeah. So a lemon so instead of saying, oh, this is NSFW, you, you just labeled it as a lemon. I see. 
and a lime was like just a step down from a lemon and there was i i so then what's a grapefruit i don't know i only really understood lemons and limes at the time does it go in order of size like does it go ganip lime <laughs> uh lemon uh orange grapefruit papaya like okay so i i just looked it up Grapefruit. Grapefruit is on the scale? I was right. Okay. <laughs> Occasionally a fifth fruit, while fourth since citrus itself isn't actually a single fruit, is added. It is generally said to be the X-rated or truly bizarre lemons, but not widely used. But yeah, so um, there, there's a lot of terminology. Like I actually got into a bit debate with somebody that was much older than I am about what the definition of drabble was. Because uh, that's a size of a fic. I think a drabble is a hundred words, maybe a little bit up. I've always used it as somewhere around a hundred to maybe five hundred words. Whereas the dictionary definition of a drabble is a hundred words exactly. Hmm. And I was arguing colloquialism versus uh, 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 connotation versus denotation. Wow, I just outed myself a lot there. <laughs> Hi, everyone. I'm a dork. You're on a D&D podcast. Get over it. Yeah, but freaking... Oh, I can never pronounce his last name. Joe... Ma, 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 mm. Managio, Managiolo? Mangiolo? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the death save guy. Yeah. Oh, my God. He's, he's so metal. He is. <laughs> He also, I found a picture of him where he looks exactly like Corvo Atano, and it was one of those things that I was looking up. Um, now I can't remember his wife. I know his wife's name more so than I know his name. Um, Sofia Vergara. I was looking up something having to do with Sofia Vergara, and I saw a picture of him, and I was like, is that a Corvo? Is that a Dishonored fan art? Like, that's so funny. And it's like, no, this is, this is Sofia Vergara's husband. Comment down below if you want us to figure out a way to get Scott to play Smash. Okay, when you say Smash, because <laughs> we were just talking about fan fiction. No! Brain, out of the gutter. Out. <laughs> Climb into the sewer with the rest of us. Uh, so Smash meaning Smash Brothers. Yes, my, okay. my, switch, my switch is on the table. and I. First off, I don't own a Switch. I so... know. That's why I said we should figure out a way to get you to play Smash. Listen, I'll tell you what. Like, if we ever put together a Patreon, um, the the highest tier supporter is buy Scott a Switch. <laughs> ah! <laughs> no! No, I won't be exploitative. Ew, no, David. I don't even know where that's from, but I've had like six people say that to me the other, in the past like three weeks. I don't know. I just consider it all cultural osmosis. Although, everyone, do keep on the lookout for, for that Patreon. If slash when it comes out, we're, we would, we'd have some ideas for all kinds of weird and interesting stuff we would put there. Oh, yeah. Different episodes, different, uh, different, different tiers. Is that what they call it? Yeah, I think they call them tiers. Wow, I'm, I, yeah, I have no idea.
We'll figure it all out. I'm sure it'll be fine. That's future Scott's problem. And future Scott, nobody likes future Scott. Nobody likes future Jin either. <laughs> yeah, that's that's future us's problem. And future us, those guys are jerks. So forget yeah. them. Well, well, you know, past Scott likes to go and uh, likes to target future Jin with, oh, Jin can do XYZ editing wise, in which I, present Jin is sitting there going, wait a minute, I, how do I figure out how to do that? I'm going to have to do that. How do I do that? Where else were we? What were we saying? I don't know. We both have ADHD and can't keep track of anything. Uh, well, I mean, since I can't remember what we were just talking about right now, and I'm out of notes for, for this, so uh, I guess that's just as good a place as any to call it. Um, yeah, I have to go to class. <laughs> yeah, and, and I need to go back to editing. <laughs> uh, well, I'm glad that we had this talk. Now, you do realize, of course, that everything you told me about your character can and will be used against you in future, in future sessions. God bless it, Scott! <laughs> My Miranda rights need to be read to me before you do anything. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Rocks Fall, Everyone Dies. It would really help us if you subscribed, shared, and left a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Our theme music is by Taylor Calise, and our thumbnail art is by John Bliss. You can find more of his work on Twitter at JohnBlissArt, that's at J-O-N-B-L-I-S-S-A-R-T. Our episodes are produced by me and co-edited by our resident Mushroom Jin. Our social media manager is our favorite surly turtle, Desombra. Find more about our various social medias by visiting our website, rfedpod.com.